feeling a bit chatty today. I wanted to share a bit about what I'm appreciative of. Let's start there. I am thankful for my family, obviously, first and foremost. I have a loving wife, great kids. At least I think they're great. My wife probably has never listened to an episode. That doesn't bother me. I mean, this isn't her thing. She's like, hey, I hear you all the time. I don't need to hear you more than I already do. Uh, I guess I agree with her. So I won't even get a chance to sort of laugh this one off as she listens, but oh well. I'm also thankful for my colleagues. I have such an amazing team that I work with at Imagine a Place. Last week, we had a Christmas lunch and they surprised me with a number of gifts. I got a Pacers water bottle. I'm a big Indiana Pacers fan. So that was pretty awesome. And then I also got a 365-day dad jokes calendar. And for those who know me out there, you know, I love my dad jokes. And then I also got a pair of uh, pajama pants with cactuses all over them, aka cactus pants, which is an inside joke. Somehow I got that nickname. I don't even remember the circumstances. But either way, lastly, I got a book called The War of Art. And I'm actually mostly through it. It's about what gets in our way and how resistance to the pursuit of whatever it is in your life that you know you should be doing, that resistance always comes from within. And it shows up in lots of forms. It was kind of a good kick in the butt book. And I could totally relate to it. So this book actually labels healing as a form of resistance. That one was kind of a head scratcher for me. But here's how the book delivered it. It said that the athlete is always in pain. They always wake up in pain. They start the game in pain. You play through that pain. This is what I took away. You don't have to wait until everything is right in your world to get started on what you know you should do. Why this is something that I related to. I've had a disc issue in my back for the last year or so, and it has been kind of nagging at me. It's really been my out. It's been my excuse in terms of getting in shape. The irony about this is that getting in shape actually ended up being how I would eliminate that pain. It was kind of a catch-22. You know, it's weird how our brain works on this stuff. Like, why, why is it that the things that are calling us the most, the things that we know we should do, those are the things that we tend to avoid the most? I don't know. Is it that we're afraid of failing? Is it that we're just stuck in this habit and it's a cycle we can't break? Maybe it's because I'm not done with that book. Maybe that'll explain it. Whatever it is, this resistance, what I have learned is that it's inside us. It's not something from outside. So that's what I've been reading lately. Thank you, Aaron Esterbrook, for that book. I've been enjoying it. Um, I thought I'd tell a little story, since I'm feeling so chatty, about how I ended up at OFS. I was a student at Millican University, small school in Decatur, Illinois. And I was invited to sit with the board of trustees and have a lunch with them. And I show up and there's kind of a bunch of, you know, older people sitting around tables. And I just happened to pick a seat next to Hank Mankey. Hank is the owner of OFS. I had no idea what OFS was or who Hank was at the time. And we end up talking. Granted, this is like 20 years ago, okay? And he asked me, what am I doing after Millican University? I told him that I was hoping to go to Barcelona. I wanted to pursue a master's degree in economics in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, and this is like January or something, right? And he was planning on going later that year in October. So this is like 10 months away. So he's like, hey, 
I'll be in Barcelona. Let's exchange information and we can meet. So this will date the conversation, but I put that in my Hotmail calendar, right? Hank Mickey furniture guy in Barcelona. And lo and behold, October comes, I get my reminder, reach out to Hank Mickey, and we have an awesome three-hour lunch together. And then that later that winter, I was flying home to visit my family over winter break. And I thought, you know, I should drive three hours, visit that Hank guy, uh, which I did. I drove over to Indiana, toward his factory, got to kind of hear his vision for what he wanted. And I kind of fell in love with it. And then it ended up being February when I decided, you know, I really want to do that. I want to go see what that's about. I wasn't doing so hot in grad school anyway. It was really, it was honestly, it was over my head. But there's a story that kind of happens in the middle here that I'm missing. And that is that I was actually rejected from applying. So first of all, it's amazing that I actually sit in a seat. I pick a seat on a random day in January, 20 years ago, next to a man who eventually changes the course of my life forever, right? But what happens in between, I think is re what's really interesting, what's really special. So I, I applied to this grad school and I was rejected. I did not have the, the background, the classes or the history of classes that would tee me up to be successful inside that program. So I was bummed, right? I was ready to move on. But it was my parents who actually encouraged me to reject their rejection. They said, if you really want something, let them know. Let them know this is what you want. So I actually responded to that rejection letter and wrote them a letter on how they should reconsider. I actually included a little part about my grandfather, uh, it was my father's father who fought in the Spanish Civil War against Franco, right? So for the Catalonians out there, that puts him on the good side of that, of that battle. And uh, as I slip that in there, what happens? They end up accepting me. So all I had to do was ask again. Pretty cool lesson, right? Well, they turned out to be right. I was way over my head, right? And I wasn't going to be successful. But that's besides the point. Either way, sitting next to Hank in that chair that one day and then rejecting a rejection letter lands me at a lunch in Barcelona, which eventually lands me back in Indiana. And then I meet my family. I meet my wife. I've had these great kids. I can't imagine my life being any different than it is now. But it's kind of funny how you look back and you have those moments that really shaped your life and how sometimes those moments aren't Sometimes they're small. Sometimes it is sitting in a chair, but sometimes it's also not accepting the fate that was dealt. I mean, the fate that was dealt to me in a letter was that, hey, better find something else to do. So we do have a little control there, right? At least it feels like it. All right. Anyways, fun story about how I ended up at OFS. Lastly here, I want to give you a peek ahead about what we're cooking up at Imagine Place. So the main thing is that we want to focus on quality. So many more in-person interactions will be key to this. We'll have the occasional remote recording. In fact, I have one that I'll release in January with David Polzin from Canon. And it's about creativity. Now, look, I love all my episodes. I love all my guests. This one was exceptional. The insights around leadership and leading through creativity was top-notch. I mean, this is book-level insight. David needs to write his book 
Uh, so David, yeah, that's my encouragement to you to get started. But there's also a lot of interviews I have in the vault, great conversations that I've had maybe even from 2021. And I just, they haven't made it onto the air yet. I hope I get to share some of those as well. So yeah, quality, video, in-person interactions. That's what I'm aiming for. And we also have some events planned. You'll hear more about those events as we get going. You know, there are a few people that reach out regularly to me and they give me suggestions about who I should host or what topic I should explore. And I love those. Those are such important touch points for me. It gives me a pulse on what you're interested in. So please reach out. If you have ideas, I'd love to hear them. Um, but hey, happy holidays. Whatever it is you celebrate, happy holidays. I hope you have a fantastic new year. Thanks for tuning in.